wow, what a beautiful day. It's gorgeous, and I hope you can all get out and enjoy it today. And happy Mother's Day to all you lovely ladies. And I hope you have a wonderful day doing whatever it is you want to do. All right. Oh, and dads, I want to say this. Don't forget, your day is right around the corner. So enjoy this one. Stay to the mic. No one can hear you if you're talking over here. I'm so sorry. Did you hear me? forget I'm so short I almost need a little stool down here but I just want you to enjoy your day and dad you will soon too so be happy and enjoy this wonderful day all right please join with me in our responsive call to worship found in your bulletin like a tender parent who supports a child's first steps like a loving grandparent who welcomes us with warmth, wisdom, acceptance, and affection. God nurtures us and holds us in our times of need. Like a lasting and listening friend who seems to sense our needs. God listens and mysteriously works for our good and for our growth all of our days. In many ways, and through many faces, God, God loves us this day and every day. Let us give thanks to rejoice in our time of quiet reflection, singing, praying, and in our worship together. Please join with me in prayer. O oh God, the source of all life is with you who mysteriously knit us in our mother's wombs. It was you who nurtured us through the love of our family and friends, and it is you who energizes us through the outpouring of your spirit and affection. You form us and you break us apart, that we might return to you. Be with us this day, O oh God, as we celebrate the reality and vitality of your presence among us in this time of worship where we seek to understand what it means to be a church, a family, and a community of caring people. We pray all this in the name of our faithful Lord and servant, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Lord, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Good morning again, everybody. And welcome to worship here at Southport Congregational Church on this beautiful Mother's Day. Hopefully, as you walked in, you saw that beautiful rose heart that was uh, there in front of the church. Those uh, roses were donated by Hetty Mosier in a loving memory of her mother. And they are for you to take with you as you leave. And um, if you want, you can take a picture of yourself near the rose and heart and uh, send it to us. And I see Jenea has a little bit of a competition going on. I'm not really sure what, what she's going to do with it. But um, she says, take your picture and send it in to church. Um, and she will do something fun and exciting. Um, we have just a couple of announcements that I'm going to point out to you uh, today, and then I would love for you to read through the rest of them um, diligently because uh, we want to make sure you know about everything. So first, um, on behalf of our daughter Audra and her fiancé John Hogue, um, they would like to welcome any members of Southport Congregational Church family um, that, that have known her forever um, to join them for their wedding ceremony, which is going to be uh, three weeks from yesterday um, here in the sanctuary at 4.30. So if you um, are someone who, you know, loved Audra and would love to share in this, we would love to have you. Uh, we're doing a baptism today, and uh, Audra was six weeks old when we arrived here and, and baptized here shortly thereafter, so it's been, it's been a journey. Um, also, speaking of weddings, we have uh, ne uh, uh, next, uh, let's see, June, I now have forgotten the date, June 25th. June 25th, May 25th, May 25th. I've got a wedding in three weeks. It, 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 there's a lot going on up here. May 25th, we are holding a, a shower for Julianne and her fiance, Gus. Um, so if you would like to participate that, there, there is um, information in the uh, bulletin about that. And then also next Sunday is Julianne Center Celebration Sunday. She will be here with us a little bit after that. But um, as I mentioned before, her family will be here. She graduates from three different forms of institution, Yale University, Yale Divinity School, and Inver Newton Seminary um, that week. So her family will be here, which is a, just a great time for us to be able to share together as one, one great family to celebrate Julianne and Gus. Um, also, next Sunday night, it's not in your bulletin, but next Sunday night, uh, our son Scott Whitmore has moved home from Maui, finally. Thank you, Jesus. Um, <laughs> And he and his life partner, uh, Jen Vitale, will be hosting a kirtan and meditation time. So if that is something you'd like to do, it'll be here in the sanctuary next, Saturday, uh, next Sunday night. So be sure to read all the rest of the announcements that you have. And now I'm thrilled to invite forward our cherub choir, who has a very special song for us today.
And now carrying on this uh, wonderful theme of Mom and Me, we have um, the pleasure of baptizing two children today. Um, so I welcome the Shalino family to come on forward. So baptism, baptism is such a special time in the life of a church because we remember that Jesus um, and the beginning of his ministry was baptized in the River Jordan and on the day of Pentecost more than 3,000 people confessed their faith and were baptized. We also know that people brought their children to Jesus and he received them joyfully saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belong the kingdom of heaven. So when we are baptized, we understand that our children are gifts from God, created from God's love, and are here to love and to serve one another. And baptism at its base is a promise, a promise made by God to love your children unconditionally and forever. So once baptized, no child ever needs to wonder ever about being loved and accepted by God or question being part of God's family ever again. And we are thrilled today to celebrate God's promises to Daniel and Clara. Clara and Daniel are checking things out very carefully. Doping <laughs> all of you out of the church. Um, so, with all of this understanding, we, we know that ch children come into the world um, very tiny, and yet they have tremendous promise for the future. And as you present your children for baptism, you are entrusted with gifts and responsibilities to live with them and among God's faithful people to bring them to the world of God and to communion, to nurture them in faith and prayer so that they might learn to trust God and proclaim Christ through word and deed and care for others and the world that God made and work for justice and peace among all people. And so with all of that, do you promise to help Daniel and Claire to grow in the Christian faith and life and in the instruction and understanding of the love and will of God as understood through our scriptures and traditions of our faith? If so, please say, I do. I do. Right. And as a congregation, those of you who are church members here, those of you who are, just, are representing the people of God throughout the world, let me invite you to stand. <clears throat> And let's join together in our words of welcome and support that you will find in your bulletins. As the, the living, living and loving Spirit of Christ, Christ we, we as this family of faith, receive Daniel Thomas and Clara Hathaway into our love and care. We promise to support them and their parents in their efforts to guide her in the way of life and faith, and will provide through our own example the knowledge and love of God. You may be seated, thank you. So here at Southport Congregational Church, when we baptize children, we use special mixture of water. Uh, Daniel and I had a meeting about this a little while ago. Um, but the water that we use comes from the River Jordan, where Jesus himself was baptized, from the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus did his ministry, and from the shore right here at Southport Harbor, keeping us grounded in our home time. So we ready? All right, here we go. And what is the full Christian name of your son? Daniel Thomas Chalino. 
Daniel Thomas, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And if you can share with me, good morning. Oh, my hands are cold right up against your bare skin there. Oh my gosh, and you didn't even cry or anything. And could you share with me the name? Full name. Hi. Hello, Claire. Claire, I baptize you in the name of the Father. And the Son. Yeah. One more. And the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. Go meet your, meet your <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can check them out. You can check them out. These are your new brothers and sisters in Christ. Check them out. There is there is a lot of people, and these are all your new friends. You say hi. Can you wave? Take her. <laughs> now may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May God lift his countenance upon you now and forevermore and give you peace, strength, courage, and love. Amen. On behalf of the church, we offer you a rose, an eternal symbol of love, and a first Bible, and um, a baptismal certificate. And because mothers have eight hands, we're just going to give all this yeah. stuff to you <laughs> at, at once. There you go. Thank and dads are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank right. you. God bless you. And as we sing our hymn, we welcome all, all and any children who would like to go to uh, the chapel to head on out. Beautiful.
may be seated. And as we continue in the spirit of prayer, we ask you to keep the following people in your hearts and minds. For those in our congregation who are in the hospital, for a church member who is healing from a severely herniated disc, for Leah Davis, who is having a stint put in on Tuesday morning for a blocked artery, for Joan Lowry, who has an upcoming cataract surgery, for Neil Rice, who continues to need medical care, for Mark Foster, who's going through treatment for neoblastoma, for all those in our congregation who are undergoing continuing chemotherapy and radiation, for these and so many more, we pray for quick recoveries, for strength, for comfort, for healing and resilience as we carry on. And so too, do we pray for Grace Weitzer and the whole Weitzer family following the death of Grace's brother, George, whose service was last Thursday. We pray for Joe Pesamenti's mother, who's in serious condition, for Paul DePrado's father, who is in critical health, for Denise Karen Quinn and her whole family following the death of her beloved mother, whose memorial service was last Sunday. And for all of us, as we continue to pray for those whom we love. Finally, we offer prayers of thanksgiving for all of our mothers, past and present, for our grandmothers and aunts and all those maternal figures in our life. So with these and all of the concerns in our hearts and minds and spirits, let us turn to the Lord. Our loving God, for generations we have sought words to describe you, vocabularies to hold your power, categories to contain your mystery, attributes to make known what is known not in words, but in deed, in that quiet space which is not thought or feeling, but something else, faith, assurance hope. And just as you used symbols when you walked among us, bread and cup, sower and seed, so too have we crafted metaphor to lay bare your mercy, your mystery, your everythingness, everywhereness, alwaysness, wholeness. Lord, you are a mother bird sheltering her children under her wings. You are a mother bear fiercely protecting her young. You are a mother like those we know, comforting her children as they cry out. And you are a mother crying out in birth pains, sacrificing security, safety, body and blood to give new life. You are all these things that the prophets have declared, all love, all sacrifice, all care, all nurture. And as we honor our mothers, our caretakers, those people who loved us before we knew what that or any word meant, we pray that you may hold us. Help us, Lord, to embody you in all that we do. To, like our mothers and maternal figures, love the vulnerable, nurture the voiceless, care for the fragile, Imagine new futures born not out of the way things have been, but the way things will be. 
with wonder, with play, with silly songs and games, and with sacrifice. Comfort us now as we cry out for your care, as we grow comfortable with who we are, as we lean deeper into who we are becoming, as we mature each moment, and as we meet you now. We pray this in the name of Jesus, who loved his mother Mary, who pondered all these things and more in her heart. Amen. And as we transition into our time of offering, I am incredibly curious about what is on this list that our cherub choir so graciously gave us of all of the wonderful things that moms do. And it feels right that as we think about generosity and sacrifice and giving, we think about all that our mothers do and give to us. So among those, we see carpools. Thank you moms for carpools. Thank you moms for meetings. Thank you for making lunches for everyone, every day. Wow, thank you. Thank you for cheering people up, for working, for playing, for tucking us in, for giving us love, for driving us places, for reading, and for <laughs> very little sleep. Quote. <laughs> you are the best because whenever I am sad, you make me happy. What a gift. And so, as we offer our gifts in our life, here in this church and out in our community and our world, may we enter into the same spirit of generosity of our mothers. In that spirit, our morning's offering will be taken and given again with great hope and faith.
unison prayer of dedication. We give our love and offer hope and help to others because God loves us. We give with cheerful hearts because we have so much for which we are grateful. May you receive these gifts, God, as expressions of our gratitude and care as we thank you and share your love now and always. Amen. you want to take your bulletins, you're going to see that we have uh, scripture passages there um, that we're going to be referring to, and um, we're going to read the first one together, which has to do with um, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. On the night when he was betrayed, he knew that Roman soldiers at this point were about to arrest him, and he was, he was waiting, and he was preparing. And 
the odds were heavily tipping for a brutal death. But he also knew that things could still possibly go in a different direction because we don't know. And so he prayed. And his prayer is what has become an extremely well-known and unbelievably effective and powerful prayer, which far beyond just being a prayer for himself and a prayer for his particular set of circumstances at that time, is an invaluable prayer and instruction for life for each one of us. And so today we're going to focus on this as our first reading, and we also have two other passages that we're not going to read right at the moment, but we'll be referring to them in the message itself. So let's read this first passage together, where as he prayed, Jesus said, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not my will be done, but may your will be done. And then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So, could you not stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not fall into temptation. For the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, Jesus went away for the second time and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, May your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. And with that, here ends our reading, and God, may you bless our understanding and living of these words of abundant life. So a few weeks ago, we had part one of this message. Today is part two um, on our talk about seeds and safes and cathedrals and faith and you. And all of this revolves around our three scripture passages, the first one that we just read, which in my opinion and in my experience is one of Jesus's greatest moments and greatest prayers and greatest models for how to approach life and in the most faithful and the most spiritual manner and the most vital way, where he takes this posture of, God, this is what I want to have happen, and this is what I do not want to have happen. And he's very clear about that, And he was so clear that he prayed the exact same thing three times over, one after the next, which is really something to think about because it never happens anywhere else. One of the things that we learn from this right off the bat is that for one thing, it's okay to pray for yourself. It's okay to pray for your situation. It's okay to pray for your condition, for your struggles, for your desires. It's okay to be clear about what you want And what you don't want. And doing that is not selfish. I talk to a lot of people who say, say, you know, I never pray for myself. I say, it's okay. But the clincher and the secret 
that we find here is that as a person of faith, you don't stop there. You don't stop with praying for yourself. And this comes crystal clear with his conclusion where after being very, very clear with what he wants and what he doesn't want, he says, nevertheless, God, nevertheless, not what I want, but what you want. And not only that, even though I've been crystal clear and honest with myself and you about these things, so I will surrender my ego. I will surrender my personal desires and choose instead what you want, which is always the greater good. And that right there is the key to being a person of faith. Because I can be the most virtuous person around, but if I don't receive you, God, if I don't receive what you're offering me, whether it's good or rugged or, or ugly, whether it's a different shape than what I've been looking for, that's a problem. And if I do want the reality that you present to me, what that means is I'm no longer swimming against the stream or I'm no longer swimming upstream. I'm aligned with you. And now I'm working with you. And I'm strong and I'm free. Talk to anyone who has ever lived with disabilities or the loved ones who lived with disabilities. And this is how the ones who live with grace handle it. And it's powerful stuff. God does not give the disability, just to be clear, but does give the power and the courage to be able to deal with it. To be able to accept, work with what you've given me, God, even though, you know what, I may not understand it. There's a lot of stuff that I've been given that I just, I don't get. Sometimes I figure it out later, find out later. Sometimes I may never. Things that we wouldn't choose ourselves. Choosing to love it, or at least to genuinely accept it. With that, I just, I just want to share a little story. And um, my guess is that you've probably heard it before. Uh, it's a well-known story. Um, but I, I've thought about this story a lot, many, many times. And so I just want to share it with you. And it was told to me by a church member who sent it to me in a note. And she said, this is about a 92-year-old woman who each morning was fully dressed by 8 o'clock, hair done, makeup on. And the note I said, the note that I got said, and she moved into a nursing home today. Her husband of 70 years, who recently passed away, made the move necessary. And this woman is the most lovely and gracious and dignified woman I've ever known. And the note said, while I've never aspired to attain her wisdom, I do pray that I can learn from her experience. And it went on and it said, after waiting many hours patiently in the lobby of her nursing room, home to get her room, the woman smiled when she was told that the room was ready. And she maneuvered her walker to the elevator. Her granddaughter gave her a visual description of the tiny room that she was about to move into, leaving her home. 
And this little room now that was going to be her life included eyelet sheets that had been hung on her window as curtains. And her 92-year-old grandmother, even before seeing it, said, I love it. (laughs) Her daughter, who was also there, said, Mom, how can you love it? You haven't even seen the room yet. And the woman said, that doesn't have anything to do with it. Happiness and loving, she said, is something you decide on ahead of time. Whether I like my room or not doesn't depend on how the furniture is arranged. It depends on how I arrange my mind. And I've already decided. I love it. Or as Jesus knew, sometimes the answers that we get aren't the answers that we want. And so he prayed three times. And the Gospels are very clear about this. Not my will, but may your will be done. And help me to deal with what I have and what I've been given. What would you have me do here, God? What would you have me choose? How would you have me respond? So point one is this openness, releasing my want, releasing my ego. And point two, choosing what God wants, even when you don't know what that is. And the next point about this is time. Some people have said it this way, God is a crockpot, not a microwave oven. We pray, we work at something, but if we don't get feedback right away, we might think and people say, God's not listening, I put my order in, I prayed, I waited for what I thought was a reasonable time on my clock, on my calendar, it didn't happen. And so our next image is the safe. We have a fabulous, fabulous old safe here at the church. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's in the closet that's next to the office. I can tell you exactly where it is, and you're never going to crack it anyway. <laughs> it's, about, it's about this big, and it's about this wide, and the walls are about this thick, and it has this big dial on the front, and a big handle. And I was opening it one time many, many years ago, and, and this thing takes such a long time to open, even when you know the combination, because it has four numbers, four number combination. One day, I'm there, and I'm, I'm, I'm turning the big, heavy dial, and I'm turning it clockwise so many times, and then counterclockwise so many times, and then clockwise again so many times. And I'm thinking, you know, this is a lot like life. This is... This is a lot like when you want things, you want things to be direct. I want things to be direct. I like things to be linear. 
I just want things to just pop open. But it's like the safe. Prayer's like that and faith is like that. It's cumbersome, it's time consuming. It's indirect. Because there you are, you're working away, you're turning the dial of life, but instead of being able to just go in one direction and that's it, you have to go this way and that, you have to go backwards and forwards, and sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, like with a safe, you're, you're passing by the exact number that you want again and again and again. Sometimes you have to do it two, three, four times before you land on it. And then, you know what? When you land on the number, you stop. Nothing happens as far as you can tell. Because now, you hit the second number, now you've got to go in the opposite direction. And then you land on that number, and nothing happens. And then you have to go in the opposite direction. And this happens four different times. And as far as you can tell, because you're looking at the outside of the safe, nothing is happening. Because you can't see any progress. If you didn't know how safes work, you'd quit. If you didn't know how life works, you'd quit. Or prayer. Or faith. Because you can't see the tumblers that are inside the door that are actually falling into place one time, the next time, the next time, the next time, until finally, after all four numbers have been hit just right with a lot of seemingly wasted time, you finally get to turn the handle and then click. Voila. So God, help me to trust as I'm cranking away at that dial, this way and that, that if you say it's going to open, if you say it's going to go, if you tell me to follow a certain path, help me to trust that eventually the safe is going to open. Because what we are building together takes time. Why? Because God's mind is not our mind. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And with that, we go to this one last image of a cathedral. Where in the book of Hebrews, as you can see in your bulletins, it says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And with that, I think a lot about parenting. Or when we do interviews, after interviews, we want a certain job, nothing works. And then all of a sudden, something else pops open, and it's even better. You have your heart set on a certain college, I've got to go there. So you don't get it. You get into a different college. And it turns out to be just great. You're dating and dating, and dating, and before you meet the right person, you go, it's never going to happen. And then all of a sudden, something happens, and you go, what was I so worried about? What was I so worried about? The thing is, cosmically, we don't know what's going on inside. 
little story. My older brother and I are only 18 months apart. <laughs> Is that like in the category of Irish twins? That's pretty close. After my older brother was born, my mom got pregnant again, but not with me. After my brother was born, she got pregnant. And between my brother and I, she lost a baby. And obviously, that would have been a very big loss. That's a tragedy. And the baby was old enough to be listed as another sibling on my birth certificate that I noticed one time, and I asked her about that. It says there, I have four siblings. I'm one of four, so that would be the fifth. After that devastating loss, my mom got pregnant again. And that time was with me. Fourth out of four. After four, they were done. So it would have been the other one or me. And I thought a lot about that. <laughs> that my very life, my very existence, weirdly, is based on the fact that a brother who I never met died. And I am not in any shape saying that this is a blessing. What I'm saying is, I don't know how this works. I don't know what's going on inside that door. but I know that there are bigger things than what my mind can handle. So I try not to judge what seems to be going on on the surface. As Jesus knew so well, one of the most difficult things that we can do is to trust God with things that we don't understand. to have faith in things that we can't see. And so we have seeds and we have safes, we have faith, and we have cathedrals. And I think about that because the builders of the world's greatest cathedrals, they never get to see the final product. <laughs> They've invested their entire lives with something which they trust to be valuable, but they will never see in completion. And this, too, is what I think parenting is about. It's the job of a parent. Being Mother's Day, I think about my mom. I've shared before that she died when she was 57. I was 23. I was just beginning my career in insurance. <laughs> I 
I was unsettled. I wasn't pursuing my deepest desires. Because you know what? At that time, I didn't even know what my deepest desires were. I just knew that I didn't like what I was doing. And I was single. She had absolutely no clue that I would go into the ministry. She had no idea who or what I would become. She never met Laura. And so obviously she never met any one of her four children, one of whom is now getting married. I was struggling and I was incomplete. And while she would not see her project completion, she knew that she had planted the seeds. She knew that she had worked and worked the combination this way and that way and this way again with love and with faith. May we plant and nourish our seeds. May we work and work that combination. And may we live with faith, building our cathedrals. And in the end, trust God with the conclusion. Amen.
tell you a weird connection that some of you know about, some of you don't know about, but with my mom who never got to see a lot of the completion. One of her very best friends in life is Mary Martha Schertz, who was a member of this church before I came. <laughs> and I had no idea that she was here. And Mary Martha is here today. Best, best friends. So you never know. You never know. As we go out into our world, into the beautiful sunshine, into this opportunity for, for life, it's an opportunity for love. It's an opportunity for reaching out. It's an opportunity to savor every moment and take joy and give joy. Embrace and lift up. May we go out into this world with tremendous energy and love and openness of God. Savor every bit. Now and forevermore, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.